Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. start. Okay, uh, go for it. The scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 35. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Wow, that's a great Palm Sunday message, isn't it? Just everybody heads for the door, right? Oh, yeah. You know, um, the thing I so appreciate about Jesus, well, many of the things, is with Jesus, there is definitely truth in advertising. Uh, throughout his ministry, uh, as he encountered people, as he led his uh, group of disciples over and over and over again. He reminded them of uh, counting the cost. Don't get started on something you can't finish now. And he told parables and stories and lessons. And of course, as we get to Palm Sunday, we are reminded of how important that is. I was reading a devotion this week. I wanted to begin by sharing it with you. It says, The Amazing Story of Charles... Blondin, a famous French tightrope walker, is a wonderful illustration of what true faith is. It says that Blondin became um, world famous. His greatest fame came on September 14, 1960, when he was the first person to cross a tightrope stretched 11,000 feet, now that's over a quarter of a mile, across the mighty Niagara Falls. Now people from both Canada and the United States came from miles to see this great feat. Now picture this. He walked across 160 feet above the falls, not once, not twice, but several times, each time with a different daring feat. Now, he knew how to hold the crowd's attention, right? Once in a sack, another time on stilts, a third time on a bicycle, a fourth time in the dark, and blindfolded. Now, are you ready for this? One time, he even carried a stove and cooked an omelet in the middle of the rope. <laughs> yeah. A large crowd gathered, and the buzz of excitement rang along both sides of the riverbank. The crowd oohed and the crowd awed. 
as Blondin carefully walked across one dangerous step after another, pushing a wheelbarrow holding a sack of potatoes. I mean, I cannot, you'd think that'd be the grand finale. But wait, it gets better. Okay. At one point, he asked for participation of a volunteer. Upon reaching the other side, the crowd's applause was louder than the roar of the falls, people remembered. Blondin suddenly stopped and addressed his audience. Do you believe I can carry a person across the falls in this wheelbarrow? Do you believe it? The crowd enthusiastically yelled, yes, yes, you are the greatest tightrope walker in the world. We believe, we believe you can do that. Okay, said Blondin. Who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? As far as the Blondin story goes, no one did at that time. This unique story illustrates a real-life picture of what faith actually is. The crowd watched these daring feats. They said they believed, but their actions proved that they really did not believe. In a similar way, it's one thing to say that we believe in God or that we trust in Jesus. However, it's true faith when we believe in God and put our faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. When we heed His words and respond to His invitation, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, well, they'll save it. In August of 1955, or excuse me, 1959, this is an aside, Blondin's manager did ride on his back across the falls. That was the warm-up before the big show. But I think the story hits home, doesn't it? And as we come into Palm Sunday, we are reminded of the crowds. Pastor Tyler spoke of them. They went before him. They threw cloaks on the road. They they waved palm branches with the sign of royalty. Hosanna, Hosanna! Messiah was coming in that holy week to enter Jerusalem, their king. But from king on Palm Sunday, suddenly the crowd sees him as a criminal on Good Friday. The the shouts of Hosanna grew quiet and the shouts of crucify him crucify him 
crucify him. Well, they grew louder. On Palm Sunday, Jesus invites us to follow him. From the roads leading to the city of Jerusalem, to the path, to the place of the skulls called Golgotha, to the tomb with a stone rolled in front of it, to the darkness and despair and lament between that Friday and Resurrection Day. He invites you to come and to follow him. And what we see as we do in that just that grand sweep of such a short amount of time, the the ups and the downs, the exhilaration and the heartbreak. Um, We just see a a combination of of human emotion and experience. And, And in that week, as Jesus invites us to follow him, we really experience... In a very short amount of time, a microcosm of what we experience in life. Lots of hope and expectation, promises, appeared they're going to be kept, but then it appeared they're broken, and yet we find out they're kept in a way we can't ever expect or imagine. Support from people, disappointment. Identity misunderstood. This is who I really am, even though you might not understand it. And on and on and on it goes. I invite you as you journey with Jesus through this week and as you read the Scriptures and as you feel the emotion, as you experience what Jesus experienced, look for your own experience in life. You'll find it there. You'll find it there. And so He invites us this week, especially, to follow Him. It's interesting, as we've been going through our series, Live Like Jesus, we started out talking about, if you want to live like Jesus, you have to live a life of prayer. You want to live like Jesus, you live a life of compassion. We're going to live like Jesus. We're going to live a life of humility. If you live like Jesus... You'll live a life of purpose that comes from a certain identity that that you're his child and, and, and you belong to God. Your life is not your own. If you're going to live like Jesus, you're going to live a life of gratitude. Not only when things are, 
are going your way, but gratitude, as we discussed last week, that would lead Jesus to break bread that was representative of what was about to happen to him and give thanks. And then invited his disciples to eat. But as we think about all those things we've discussed leading up to today to Palm Sunday, whether it be the prayer or or the compassion or the humility or the purpose or the gratitude, you'll see all of them in the narrative of Holy Week. But as you see them, really, you say, how, Jesus? How, how can we do those things? Well, Jesus would say, it, it's the way. It's, it's the way that I invite you to follow me on, and it's the way of the cross. If we're going to live like Jesus, we have to be willing to live and respond to the invitation of the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And the one who invites us to follow him in the way of the cross. His words to his disciple and to the crowds. Scripture begins by saying that he spoke to both of them these words. They were very clear. The invitation. Let me read it again. Whoever wants to to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. A life following Jesus is a life on the way of the cross. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will, will, will save it. The theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he says, how can something so expensive, something that cost God the life of his very own son, how could that be inexpensive to us? He says, in fact, it's not. If you think it is, that's cheap grace. You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. No, your, your salvation, that's grace. But Jesus makes clear there's an expectation. Those of us who know Christ, those of us who understand the, the lavishness of God who would invest, spend, expend the life of his own son. Because Jesus is a greater Savior than you and I are sinners. And it took such a great Savior to give his life for us, to shed his blood, that we might be cleansed from our sin. And given new life. New identity. If anyone be in Christ or a new creation, behold, all things pass away, all things becoming new. So, 
in gratitude. I want to invest my life and respond to the invitation to the one who gave his life for me. Oh, not that I earn my salvation, but that I recognize its great cost. And I want to live for the one who died for me. I want to deny myself. I want to... Oh, Jonathan, if I came to you today and said, Jonathan, I, I want you to deny yourself. You know what that means? I mean, you know, your own thoughts about what you, who you are, what your life is going to be about. I, I want you to align them with mine. To the point where you're going to, you're going to follow me and as you do that, get ready because it's going to cost and it may cost everything. It may even cost your life. Come on, let's go. You ready? Come, come follow me. You see that? That's how radical this passage is. By the way, Jonathan, follow me to lethal injection. Follow me to the electric chair. Follow me to the gas chamber. Follow me to the hangman's noose. Follow me to the firing squad. Follow me. Right? Pick up your cross, Jonathan. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No wonder as Jesus made his way to the place of the skulls, the crowd began to thin. Oh, well, wait a minute, Jesus. We, we saw you healing people and, 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 and we saw you caring for people on the margins and giving a message with authority like we'd never seen it before. And, and all oh, there's such good stuff. And, and Jesus, we have such great expectations for all that means because you're the Messiah. You're the long promised one. You're the anointed one of God. You're going to overthrow once and for all the oppressors of our nation and you're going to establish your kingdom on David's throne forever. But you know what? God's ways are not our ways. Right? His thoughts are, are not our thoughts. His plans, um, they're unfathomable. He does things differently in a way we can't expect or even imagine. That's our God. Chuck Colson once said, uh, one of the reasons I know the gospel is true is because it's beyond the mind of a human being to make this up. Who could invent such a thing? And slowly, one by one, as expectations and hopes were dashed and God didn't respond in the, the way that they had thought and Jesus didn't... He didn't set them free from the Roman oppressors because he had a, a greater mission of setting them free from the greatest oppression of all, that sin in its penalty death. The crowds began to thin out. One by one by one. Until in the end, even the disciples were gone save one. 
and a group of devoted women were left at the foot of the cross. Follow me. Follow me. That's the invitation of Jesus. Follow me. (laughs) Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, align their hearts, their desires with mine. Take up their cross and follow me. Proverbs 14.12 says this. He says, there's a, a way that seems right to a man or a woman. It's a way that seems right. But it's the way that leads to death. It's the way that, that leads to death. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in Matthew 7.13, he, he says this. He says, there's a narrow gate and a wide gate. There are two ways. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way or the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road or the way that leads to life and only a few find it. Follow me. And the crowds thin out when they recognize the cost of following Jesus. For us, it's hard to imagine or identify with what but people in other places like we're Barry, uh, Larry and Beth Smith just came from and Kenya. They, they understand what this means. Our brothers and sisters and other places in the world were, were literally following Jesus. I mean, it costs something. For some, it costs everything. But they follow Him. And for those who follow Him, I mean, really, fall. All the way to the place of the skull and to the, to the tomb. And then the empty tomb. How sweet must be the taste of resurrection. When Lori and I used to uh, scuba dive, there was a, a place in the Yucatan Peninsula, outside of Playa del Carmen. And there are these limestone caves with fresh water. And, and these springs are these caves of underground water. They're called cenotes. Anybody familiar with those? Okay. It is fabulous. It's a big opening of a cave. And you walk in and you look down. And there's water that is clear as the air around you. In fact... It's really deceiving because you really don't know how deep it is because it's so clear. And you have your your scuba gear on and slowly you submerge. And you 
you go through passages and into these, these underwater caves that are full of water. If you're claustrophobic, it's not the thing for you. Okay? But as you go, there's a rope. And, and believe me, you are holding onto that rope. And you're instructed, dude, this is the path. This is the way. Now, it's clear water. And it's deceptive. And you're going to be tempted to let go of the rope and go your own path. You're going to be so mesmerized with all these things have to offer. But hold on to the rope. Don't let go of the rope. And then that the dive guy, he's, he's at the, the head of the rope. And, and, and he just says, follow me. And if you follow me, there are going to be twists and turns. And there's going to be enticement to go in other directions. But if you follow me, you'll live to dive another day. And so, man, you're holding on to that rope. And you're following that guy. And the water's so clear and you get distracted. And, and, there, and then you come to places where there are other openings that you go, Oh, I wonder what's in there. I want to go that way. Or I want to go that way or this way. And then we get to this huge underwater cavern. I mean, it was big, filled with water. By the way, you better hope your breathing apparatus is working well. There's nowhere to surface. And then there's this big opening. And in front of this opening, in several different languages that you don't have to understand to get the point, it has the word danger, danger, danger. It has, it has in red lamin, uh, laminated and, and, I mean, it's, 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 it's everywhere. And there's skulls and crossbones. There's a, even a grim reaper. In other words, don't go that way. And they tell you you're going to get to that place, and they say when you get there, remember that there are people that they don't heed the warning. I mean, it's enticing, and and they go down into that, and they're never heard from again because we don't even try to find them. They're so lost. Can you imagine that? Who would let go of the rope? Who would not follow the, the dive guide? Who in their right mind would not heed the words posted all around them, the art of the crawl, the skull and the crossbow and the grim reaper? Who in the world would ignore all that and go that way? As Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but, but, but through me. I'm the way. There are a lot of ways. But there's only one who said, I am the way. And that's Jesus. And He wants us to hold on to that rope. And He, he wants us to follow Him because following Him is the path to life. No matter how clear the water looks, no matter how many options or tunnels or, or other enticing things that, that, that would, would call our attention away from Him, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. 
that leads us through the caverns of life and assures that even death, even death can't hold us, can't have us. That's Jesus. And so again, we we hear the invitation. The invitation from Jesus, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus' invitation, I think, is really summed up in what Diedrich Bonhoeffer said when he said, if, uh, when Jesus calls a man or a woman, he bids them come and die. But it's a death that's necessary to experience true life, resurrection life. Life that can only be found by journeying with Jesus in the way of the cross. The martyred missionary, Jim Elliott, said it this way, a man is no fool to give up what he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. You see that? And so, we hear the words of Jesus. The fisherman heard it and responded a tax collector <laughs> April 15th heard it and responded I know many of us here have heard it and responded But this week, there's an invitation to remember to live it. It's the way of the cross. I've decided to follow Jesus. Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind us, the cross before us, no turning back, no turning back. Will you sing with me? I have decided. 
to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen.